Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of the Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, April 13th. And if your gloves aren't matching right now, I want you to go ahead, turn off this podcast, never listen to it again because you are dead to us. I am Jordy from Barstool, and with me, as always, we've got my good friend and yours. We've got Dukes on the mic representing the PLL champion, Water Dogs. Uh, Dukes, what's what's going on today, brother? And uh, yeah, I mean, let's a lot of controversy in college lacrosse over the past week. There's nothing that gets me going. Quite like hot takes, opinions, controversies, and lacrosse. And all three had the perfect storm. And uh, someone was asking me, I think on Friday night, like, was I was I watching the game live? No. And I was pretty confused about it. You know, you, sometimes you have some oblos from the, from the good name of Rico Bosco. Some oblos you got to take care of. Had some oblos. And then I wake up and I see the lacrosse world's in a stir. And it, it got me horned up. I, I, was, I was ready to go with it, fire off some takes. I felt a little delayed, a little human rain delay. But Jesus Christ, the takes that people had were, uh, were very opinionated, very strong. And I think that we – I think from what I saw, you, you, have, you have a strong take about it. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what. So, yeah, kind of similar to you. So I, I spent pretty much the whole weekend uh, either cooking barbecue or serving barbecue. So I didn't have a ton of time to watch a ton of lacrosse this weekend. Uh, but I did get a chance to actually see that as it was happening. And, yeah, I mean, the takes the takes were certainly hotter than the fire going in my smoker. Uh, and and I, I like to think that I'm one of them. Um, <clears throat> very, very strong opinions on this one. And I'll tell you what. I am going to be the first to announce uh, I've lost respect for John Tillman. John Tillman no longer has the respect of Barstool Jordy of the crease dive. Uh, so that is, it's done. It's final. It's set in stone. Uh, listen, we, we've heard a lot about class in sports lately, right? You know, you kind of goes back to the, uh, to the women's national championship game uh for for basketball a lot of a lot of class talk around sports lately with angel reese and caitlin clark you want to know what's worse than being classless dukes in sports what being an being, asshole yes in in the same but being gutless i i would much rather be classless than gutless because you what that move, and so for anyone listening right now, I'd have to imagine that you know what we're talking about, but just to set the scene, Maryland, Ohio State. Ohio State has Maryland on the ropes for pretty much the whole night. Maryland finally able to kind of scratch and claw their way back into that game. Uh, turns out to be a tie game. Tillman kind of bitching at the refs the whole game. Uh, and, and finally, push comes to shove, one of the final uh, face-offs in regulation, and something was said to the refs. Now, depending on who you ask, was it, was it John Tillman asking the refs to go check the gloves of Matt Fritz of Ohio State? Was it Tillman just kind of mentioning, uh, hey, are, are those guys allowed to have mismatching gloves? So I don't know if we'll ever get the actual story as to how much – Tillman actually, uh, you know, went up to the refs and, and said, hey, go check his gloves because I think that it's against the rules that his gloves don't match the rest of the team. But either way, Ohio State gets hit with a violation for Matt Fritz wearing gloves that doesn't match the rest of the teams. They lose possession of that faceoff. Fortunately, nothing really came out of that. You know, so they lost possession. Maryland gets the ball. Dude, if Maryland scored 
on that possession to win the game in regulation, yeah, this whole bitch would have burned down. Like, oh. luckily, I mean, they still got the win, and and there's still much to be said about the fact that you know. Ohio State could have easily have won that faceoff. They could have got that last possession of the game. They could have scored in one regulation instead of having to go to overtime where Maryland eventually uh, pulled out the, uh, what, what was it, a, a uh, 12 to 11 final. But, yeah, if if Maryland scored on that ensuing possession after the glove check, it would have been even more chaos and anarchy than we already saw on on Friday night. Look, I don't want to steer you from the wrong direction or get get off topic at all, but I, I just need to do some bragging, and I'm going to pull up the video because that's what we do now on this podcast. If you subscribe to the YouTube, I'm going to pull up the video about the whole thing um, to give anyone that might have missed it, which I don't know how you'd even miss this, uh, but for anybody that might have missed this, uh, here's here's the video, pulling it up right now. Good podcasting right here. They're saying that Fritz has the wrong colored gloves on? Maryland earlier this year called a stick check on the Princeton faceoff man after he scored a goal. And they were right. It was an illegal stick. The goal was wiped off of the board. And the penalty was three minutes non-releasable. I have no problem with that. The colors of the glove, come on. That's ticky-tack. That is ridiculous color of the glove does not give you an advantage this is silly and nick myers is hot he is hot maryland has poked a bear here with this glove color situation the glove violation that was called against coach. You get the point. I have, I, I've slept on this and I think that people are going to think that like I'm in the wake chamber, but I, so you, 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 you have your take first. All right. So first off, I would, I, I'm going to make an early call here. I would like to give Nick Myers my weight room of the week presented by shark talk, just because uh, if, if you watched that game live or if you just saw the video that dukes put out there shout out to dukes for being uh just just very prepared for this week's episode what a beast uh best producer in the game but uh you see just how violently angry he is there and he doesn't even really need to do much besides just stew on the sideline like that for me to think holy shit this dude just eats weights for a living he wakes up in the morning eats weights lunchtime rolls around eats weights dinner comes around more weights dessert guess what load up another couple 45 pound plates uh nick myers looking like one of the scariest human beings in the planet right there so pissed off at tillman so pissed off at the refs uh that is my weight room of the week but yeah i mean dude the here's the thing you've got people out there that are saying well, it's a rule and, and, and coach Tillman just knows the rule. And if it's going to be a rule, you kind of, you like, why, why shouldn't Tillman be allowed to use that? You want to know why? Because it, it makes you look like such a fucking asshole and it makes your program look like a bunch of assholes. Like you have to be such a gutless coward to know, to one, to even know that rule and to two, to break it out in a game. I know that it's a tie game. I know that you're going up against a conference rival. 
you, there, there's got to be a better way to win than that. You, you almost have to, I would rather lose than, than win a game like that. And the biggest thing that I saw there that proves my point to myself, you see Nick Myers, like kind of screaming at John Tillman. You see the, uh, you see Tillman just avoiding eye contact, right? He knows that he's a coward in that move. He knows that he's gutless. He's avoiding eye contact. Now the Maryland sideline, they're kind of getting a little chirpy, a little yappy. And like, I get it. Like they're, they're, they're up. Like they see the opponent a little flustered. They want to get up. But the one guy who really, really sells and drives this point home to me, Jesse Bernhardt. Jesse Bernhardt is one of the most fiery competitors in the sport of lacrosse. The Bernhardt family in general, fiery as they come. You think that if Nick Myers is over there screaming across the sideline to John Tillman about, you know, like whatever he's saying there, do you think that if Jesse Bernhardt agreed to any degree with the move that John Tillman pulled there, that he would just let all that go and continue to also avoid eye contact with Nick Myers. No, not at all. He'd be right back in Nick Myers's mitt and he'd be firing right back at him because the Bernhardt family, they're a bunch of junkyard dogs and, and they're about that life. He didn't do or say a single thing because I think he also knew it was a gutless coward move to pull out that, that bag of tricks. And that's, that's my issue with it. Is it, does he know the rules? Sure. Is the like, I, I guess like who do you blame in this sense? Like whatever dumbass put that rule in the rule book to begin with or Tillman, I don't really care who it is, but you know that you fucked up and that you're gutless when you pull a move like that. And then you don't even have the, the courtesy to look Nick Myers in the eye as he's calling you a gutless coward. And on top of it all, you run away from him in the, in the handshake line. You, you, that that right there, again, another one where it's just how big of a coward is this iPad dork? Fucking John Tillman walking around with his iPad. This little nerd probably got bullied all this. Like, dude, go. Sh- you want to you want to play that game where you take away a possession from them for a key time because uh, gloves don't match? At least have the common courtesy to shake the man's hand and hear what he has to say instead of immediately running over to your, to your post-game interview for the Big Ten Network for a couple hundred people to see. I couldn't disagree more. And I really, I've, slept, I've slept on this, and I, I think it's such a weight. My initial reaction was, the rule sucks, and I'll stick by that. The rule fucking sucks. It's a, du- it's a dumb rule. But I've thought about this, and I think I've seen it in like a, a college basketball game. Uniforms do have to match. Like I do somewhat understand that you should have gloves that match the uniform and you shouldn't be able to use a glove that you've used like two years ago because the wear and tear, you can't cut soles in it. I'm not sure if that guy had like cut out soles or whatever, but like that's one take that I was kind of like, I slept on. So that, that's one point of view I had. Like if he gives him an advantage of the face-off X, I don't know, but it definitely fucking wasn't that. But here's what I'll say. John, it, just because it was a greasy move doesn't mean that it was the wrong move. If John Tillman knows that that rule exists and he knew in the first quarter that rule existed, he's like, all right, like I'm not going to pull this fucking move out in the first quarter of like a bullshit game. Like we'll see how the, we'll see how it goes down the line. But in the fourth quarter of a conference game, when you are people on Twitter are saying, should you be in the tournament? Last week there was an argument. Should Maryland be in the tournament? And if people are saying that and people think this and you need to get this win, 
on the road against Ohio State, a conference rally, and you know that you can earn your team an extra possession, and you don't use it, and your team finds out that you knew this rule and didn't give you a, give you guys an extra possession, the team fucking turns on you. The team's like, you did us a disservice. We play our fucking balls to the wall for you every single week, and you're not going to use one of your slick-ass moves on us to get, get, like give our team the best chance to win? So like, that's where I sit at the end of the day is the rule is dumb, yes. I do think uniforms should match, but if Tillman knew the rule and didn't give his team the best chance to win, then he's an even greasier bastard than using the rule. Like, who gives a fuck if Nick Myers and Ohio State hates you? So it's it's not – first of all, I, I don't know if you guys can hear this right now, but, like, my neighbor's getting work done in their, like, basement. So it's, it's – <laughs> so you're, you're going to hear a couple drills just, like, rolling right across through my wall right now. Um, but yes and – okay, so I can see – not giving a shit about what other people think of you as long as you're doing what you're doing for the guys in your locker room. I, I get that. And I appreciate that at the same time, <clears throat> like it, it's just leadership starts at the top, right? <clears throat> an attitude an attitude reflects leadership. So if, if your leader is going to be that gutless, if your leader is going to be that much of a coward to be like, please refs, his, his gloves, they don't match for us. We we want the ball, please. Like if, if that's your attitude to win a game instead of being like, hey, roll the ball out there. We've got Luke Weirman, one of the best face-off guys in, in the country. He's been a dog his whole career. He's won us a national championship. He almost won us another one. I don't care what gloves you're wearing. You can wear gloves from 1940. You can wear gloves from the future that don't exist yet that have like robotic clamps and have the fat, like our guy's going to go beat your guy. We're going to get the ball and we're going to win. Like that's, that's just where like Maryland, they Maryland doesn't have the dog in them. They, disagree with they, that. Disagree with that. It, it, it's, it's such like a, it's such a like, okay, like roll the ball out. Like if you know that you can just, that like, yeah, we we trust Luke Weirman. He he goes out to X every single game, but like you're talking about a possession with a minute to go in a one in a, in, in a tie game. That gives your team the best chance to win. You want to know you want to know what the, the, the leading from the front is? The leading from the front there is do anything it takes to win. Anything. No matter if that means, yeah, the competitor in Luke Weirman, he wants, he wants to, he he wants to go out and get the face-off X, but the competitor in Luke Weirman knows a possession, that's the goal of the face-off. And he knows that if he can get that through a role then that's the way to do it. I don't know, man. To me, it just screams, it screams like, like palm up attitude, you know, where, where things just don't go your way. And, and it's just palms are up and you're complaining and, and you're just like, just desperately finding for, for something. And instead like you're constantly looking for an excuse instead of just figuring something out on your own. We've got the drill going again. So again, I don't know if you guys can hear it's but it. Is like, it's, it's, it's okay. Difference. Yeah. It just sounds, it, it sounds like it's going directly through my skull. So it's going to throw me off a little bit, but I don't know. I, Perfect I, for I, the just, I just feel like, I just feel like it's, it's one. It sends a message to the team. I, I, now nah, you know what? Because I feel like the team probably. All right, maybe yeah, I don't. Believe, I, I, the team yeah, the team. Loves, the team does the, the love it. Right I, I, it it just it makes it makes the the program look bad, and I also think it puts it. Maryland should already have a massive target on their back. They're the defending national champions. They're Maryland, like. But I I do think that this is one where. Uh, 
I don't know. I think between calling the the face off the the stick check on Sandoval, I think between this, um, I think that it, there just comes a time where you have to be careful what you wish for. Uh, actions have consequences, and and I'd imagine that somewhere down the line, something like this comes back to bite them in the ass. Fine, and it might, but I think that's the, the price you have to pay for being like. I mean, it's come, come back to bite Belichick once in a while, like. We're looking at one of the all-time great dynasties in lacrosse. Like not like I'm not like not maybe not through like the championships or whatnot, but the consistency that Maryland pours in year in year out. Like if you're not going to want to play for John Tillman because of a fucking rule that he knew and used to his team's advantage, like you are a loser. You're going to go to a piss poor program. I'm not going to name a program because there's no piss poor programs, and I'm not and I won't merge from every single program in the country. But you're probably a loser. Like I don't know if if imagine it came out that Tillman knew the rule and didn't use it, the dialogue on Twitter would be completely different. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. I also don't know how that would come out. Uh, yeah, but it, like, cause people, I mean, I, I'll tell you right, how, I, I, do you want me, do you want to, because Lack's film room would be like, oh, did you know, I noticed something on the broadcast. Yeah. Like something like that. I don't know. I, 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 I totally, I, I, the thing is that I want to, at the end of the day is I understand the other point of view. I just think there's another point of view that people have to consider. Like, so, okay. so here's, here's what I say to that, where, yes, is there another point of view? Sure. Can you consider it? Absolutely. But like, like the, the way that I say it is there's no rule that says that you can't put toothpaste on a steak. Does it mean that you should still do it? No, never in a million years. There's no rule saying that you can't call like like the rule is that you can call a guy out for having mismatching gloves. Should you ever do it? No. Both things make you just an asshole. Um, and and I, I think at the end of the day, the optimist in me, the the guy who you know uh, ex, like always expects the best out of humanity. Um, I, I just think that assholes at the end of the day don't win. I think that the good guy wins. And I think that calling out a team because their one face-off guy has a different pair of gloves on makes you an asshole. Assholes don't win. Is he the asshole or is the asshole the, the kid that probably forgot his gloves in the locker room and wasn't careful enough to consider putting on the right gloves? Why don't yeah, we going to start uh, blaming the kid? I, I, I mean, yeah, we call them just kids. Well, are, are, are we victim blaming? Is this a victim blaming podcast? Dukes, Dukes, the victim blamer. I just, I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to go after the kids so bad, but I really didn't care enough. But I do. Here's the thing: it, it I is, it does bring up a kid. point where it's like it's, it's a face-off guy. So I can like guarantee you that like no one even like looked at him or talked to him before the game. It's like he has like his other face-off guys, his face-off coach. Nobody else knows what's going on with those guys. So nobody else probably even, even noticed that it was a thing. Like there, there's just so many things that go on with the, with the face-off guys on each team where everyone's just like, yeah, like whatever, like, I just don't know what they're doing. They just do it. I have two more, I have two points to really end on. One is that again, I don't know what, what what the glove looks like or, or whatever, but the fact that he was a face-off guy made me think that something was up with the actual glove itself and not just the color where I was like, Oh, like if it was like a 2018 glove or like, we you know when he was like a freshman, it's like the wear and tear, it's like more comfortable. Like maybe it gave him some sort of advantage. I don't know. I don't really fucking believe that, but that's like a, a thought that went through my head. Second, the thing that made Tillman, in my opinion, like it wasn't the actual him using the rule or uh, like asking for the call or like, 
it was the fact that he just wouldn't fucking admit that, like, yeah, I, I, I asked for the call or, like, yeah, I, I, I wanted to see, like, what was up with the kid wearing a different color glove. Like, he was very cryptic about it, didn't ever own up to it. Uh, there's two sides to every story, but, like, I thought that I would have just fucking owned up to him and be like, yep, we did that. We did that. We got the Again, that, that's just – but that's that's what that's what being gutless is. Like there's a difference between being being the bad guy, right? Being like there, there's a difference between being a Belichick and just knowing that you're the bad guy and and feeling like confident in yourself being the bad guy, as opposed to doing a bad thing. And, and like that that's Tillman not knowing who he like if he wants to be the bad guy or not. He realized that he he made a, a gutless bad guy move. But he's he's not comfortable enough with being that yeah. guy, and and so uh, oh, that, I, was, I was just raising the question on if they're able to to wear different color gloves. It's like, all right, listen, if you're gonna be the dickhead about it, like you just said, own like own it. And then um, here's my weight short weight room of the week presented by Shark Chalk is actually John Tillman for absolutely mentally bodying Nick Myers and sending him into a fucking temper tantrum. How about you control your sidelines, Nick? All right. You guys are you guys look piss poor this whole entire fucking season. You bring in two of the best, uh, one of the best defenders in the country. Defenses look like shit half the year. You have a chance to beat Maryland and you lose your cool. You lose your sidelines. You lose an OT. I mean, get it together. Tillman's playing gymnastics over your head. And then uh, my last point about this whole thing is this is fucking awesome. When are we going to just admit that this is great? The amount of dialogue that's going into this conversation, the amount of hype around this game. Like, we're talking about how mad Tillman is. Look at what this this has done for the the both programs. How much spotlight is going to be on both these programs for the rest of the year? The next matchup against them is going to be fucking phenomenal. There's a storyline. There's hate. There's two sides where people feel passionate about both sides. Like, there's defending national champions. Um, and then, like, now we're, like, having even more reason to hate. People are going to tune into this game. I would be surprised. I mean, if this was on ESPN2 or something, it would be the most watched uh, watched uh, college lacrosse game in a while, in my opinion. Like, there's a lot of dialogue in, like going on with this game. The rematch yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're 22 minutes into today's episode, and that's been the only thing that we've talked about so far. So, uh, yeah, from purely an entertainment perspective – Incredible moment. Uh, as far as a character perspective goes, one of the lowest moments ever. Um, so I think the combination of the two of those just make it incredible for everybody. Just some incredible theater. Um, let me tell you what. If we're talking about cowards right now, can we real quick, let's talk about, and I know you're not going to like this, but one, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So these guys come out. So for the past few weeks, if you've been ranked number one in the country, it has been a death sentence for you. Number one, Virginia, they go down to Maryland. Number one, Maryland, they go down. Uh, number one, uh, Notre Dame, they go down to Virginia. Uh, what else happened here? Virginia got number one again. They go down to Duke. Now it's back to Notre Dame. Uh, whoa. See, I mean, I'm even now Duke was the number one team in the nation and they go down to Notre Dame. So what is that four weeks in a row where we've had a, a new number one team in the nation? Yep. So Notre Dame on Saturday, they, they get a big time 17 to 12 win over Duke. Again, the death sentence of being the number one ranked team in the country. Notre Dame now has that crown. They have that title. And guess what? They don't have a game until 
uh, April 22nd. They're just they're just ducking the number one curse. So uh, I don't know. Right now, it seems a little bit fishy to give Notre Dame the number one rankings in the polls when they don't even play until next Saturday. Uh, but still a huge win for your Notre Dame fighting Irish Dukes. Uh, Pat Cav, three and five. Chris Cav, five goals, zero assists. I mean, these two guys, aside from that Virginia game where – they still got the job done. They still got enough of the job done themselves. Um, you know, just didn't have quite as much help from the rest of the rest of the cast. But these two guys, man, they're they're absolute dogs. Uh, so thirteen points on the day between the two Cavanaughs as they, you know, thirteen points to Duke's twelve total goals. Uh, Brendan O'Neill held to just one goal by Chris Fake. Notre Dame does look every bit a part of of that number one team in the country. Um, and I still think that they're going to be playing Memorial day weekend in Philly. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't like the fact that they don't have a game this week and they can't fall curse to being the number one team in the country to go down for a fifth straight week. Not going to take the bait on this. Um, <laughs> not going to take the bait. I feel like this happens. I mean, I, I don't know. I wish that there was like, I feel like this happens every year with Notre Dame where they take like a two-week break. Am I crazy for say, saying that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they always start a week later like, and then they, and then they like the take – yeah. um, But, yeah, I mean, try, try finding a tougher gauntlet from 225 to uh, April 8th than, than Notre Dame had. Let's what? see. We've Georgetown, got Georgetown, Maryland, Ohio yeah. State, Michigan, Virginia, Q's, Duke. I mean, give the boys a break. I mean, I, if I, honestly, if anything, I think this hurts them. Not playing. Is it finals yeah, week? I, is, 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 this, is it finals week? I don't know. I, I, I haven't I been to college idea. in a while. I'm, I'm getting a little bit older, and I forget exactly. I, I didn't even know. What, I, yeah, and, and it, when I was in college, I didn't know when it was my own finals week. So I, I, don't, I don't imagine that it is. But I, I, I will say this brings us into a good so, – so you're uh, – so rest versus rust – Seems like you're a guy who takes rust, rust and six, or you you might even be a rust and four guy. Four. Rust and four. Rust and four. Rust and four. I mean, even like when the ACC doesn't play their tournament game, I'm like, all right, like if St. Joe's gets matched up with Virginia, I'll take I'll take that hypothetical St. Joe's plus whatever. Well, they so they have they have the week break and then they come back and they do North Carolina, Virginia, and then finish with North Carolina again. Um, so I, I don't know, like, luckily they have North Carolina before Virginia. Like, it's not like they're coming off the two week break and then going right into Virginia again. I do think that the Russ would be a little tough to come back from for that. Um, I mean, no offense to North Carolina, but I, I, I do see both of those being relatively. I actually think that they're a bad matchup for Notre Dame. Okay. Talk to me. I just think that the, like their defense and their toughness, like the the the, the edge that they play with uh, North Carolina, and again the ACC. It's like I said it last episode. The one thing that I got right this year was like, all right, like yes, Duke will beat Virginia, Virginia will beat Notre Dame, Notre Dame will beat Duke. There's just like three person carousel. I think that North Carolina could sneak one. I think they could win one of them against Notre Dame. Hopefully, it's the first one, not the second. But that's my take. Yeah, I mean they just haven't looked great against 
those those top guys, those top dogs in the ACC. So um, they almost got doubled up by Duke. Uh, they lost by seven to Virginia. So like they've they've been fine this year. They've been they're they're a pesky North Carolina team. So by no means am I saying Notre Dame can just walk out there and be fine, especially when you got a kid like Colin Creek in the net um, who can make things very interesting. Uh, but I, I just don't know if that's like. I, I still see both of those being wins. Um, what I will say though, is the ACC big time and, and they, they know it. I think we've mentioned this before uh, on the podcast, but we we've said before that it's a copycat league and ACC. They took notes of what the Ivy league did last year, where they just got a bunch of teams loaded up the, the top half of the top 20 poll. Once they got all their guys at high enough rankings. Now, boom, everybody just beats each other. So then that way, the worst thing that happens is you lose to another top five, top 10 team. And if everyone just keeps beating each other, you guys all stay in that top 10, all make sure that you guys get into the tournament. They're taking the exact same page out of the playbook that the Ivy did last year. Uh, and, and it's going to work out pretty well for the ACC. I mean, you look at the polls right now and it's, what are they, the top top three teams, right? Yeah. So we've got Notre Dame, Virginia, Duke, uh, North Carolina, right outside of the top 10. Uh, Syracuse popping in here at 17. So we've got, yeah, I mean, we've got five ACC teams, all top 20 right now. So, uh, yeah, just, just out, out Ivying the Ivy. Yeah, I think that like low key is what's happening to the Ivy now is what kind of happened to AC. It's a little, little too late. It's a little, whatever the saying is, but it's late. Like no one can really make an at-large push, but like you're looking at teams like Brown, Harvard, where I think they're, I think it could be little menaces, like muck, muck some shit up. Um, like I think they're just playing their better best ball at the end of the year, which you kind of saw to Notre Dame and Duke last year. So I think it's almost like a little reverse, but still obviously the ACC this year is just exponentially better than the Ivies. Anyway, you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and any way you cut it, it's the ACC in a landslide this year. Um, I mean, big 10, Listen, there. here's another thing I want to talk about because I, like, th- this is what I've been trying to rack my brain around all, all week. Um, you know, we, we saw so many different finals over this past week of college lacrosse and we don't need to talk about all of them. Um, but at least just met, like, again, you mentioned Harvard 10, eight over Cornell. Um, I mean, even Syracuse getting that win over Princeton, Princeton you, know, yeah. so, you know, 16, 13 uh, Brown, Get Brown's a, a weird situation just because for they sure. were missing all those guys for you know close to a month, so we never really knew what they were in the you know kind of that late first half portion of the season. But Brown over uh Penn, um, you know, couple really dicey overtime games uh in the Big Ten. So you see all this parity in college across this year. And my biggest thing, and, and here's a question for you, Dukes. Are there just a lot of really good teams in college across this year, or are there actually no good teams in college across? Oh. Like, like what? Like what is it? Because I think there's one through five, and then a bunch of just teams that just like beat up each other. Like it's like the Big Ten in basketball. It's like, oh, are we good? Like, no, you're not good. You're just beating up on each other. It's kind of like the Ivy Leagues last year. Like they're and even I'll throw Cornell in there. I think Cornell is fucking fantastic. I think that it took, uh, I think it took great goaltending for Harvard <laughs> to win that game. Um, 
And but I, but, I, even, but even if you're saying that it's one through five, like they're they're still losing to like who like one through five, but Maryland's losing to Michigan, Cornell's losing to yeah, Harvard, think, uh, Duke's losing to Jacksonville. So throw it out the window. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. I don't. I, it does not matter. It does not matter. One through four, and I bet you if you play Duke, Duke versus Jacksonville in May, Duke wins by thirty-five. February Duke. I mean, we talk about it. We can't just say February Duke and then just bring this up as like a downside for for Duke. Like we we know what February Duke's going to bring. Second off, it's going to be. I don't know. I don't care how you look at it, unless they have to play each other in like the quarterfinals. It is going to be like this is one thing that I will put my ball sack on. It is going to be Duke. It is going to be Virginia. It's going to be Notre Dame, and then it's going to be Maryland or Cornell. That is one thing that I will die on. There will not be like there will not be any any surprise. Uh, final four team this year. This what is it going to be like last year? Some team. Oh, St. Joe's makes their first final four. Fuck no! It's going to be the fucking blue bloods. It's going to be the so, blue bloods you're used to seeing. So one more time. What what are those? What are those schools? Notre Dame, yep. Virginia, yep. Duke, yep. Cornell, or Maryland. Okay, so with those five programs, Duke, you're saying you're putting your ball sack on the line. I think that this is something that we should probably hold you to. So I think what I think what would be fair here. Is so we have those five schools, and so granted, obviously not all five of them can make it to the final four. So um, if if they end up playing each other in the uh, three out of five, will. yeah. So okay, so three out of five will. But if if the two of those teams end up playing themselves in the quarterfinals, we'll disregard this. But I think if any of those teams don't make it to championship weekend, and not because they had to play one of the other. I think what we'll have to do, let's get an alum from that program to do a Duke's goal, goalie challenge against you, but you're not allowed to wear a cup. Oh my God. If you're putting your ball sack on the line here, saying that it's going to be those teams, I think, you know, like let's, let's say that Duke doesn't make it to the final four. I think that we get Deemer class versus Duke's in a goalie challenge. Duke's can't wear a cup. Oh, I don't want my ball to explode, but deal. For the sake of content, for the sake of the game, I uh, I will do that. Because now I already have ideas flowing through my head on how I can how I can get this done. It's going to be 200 IQ play. Deal. All right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just – listen, I, I thought weeks ago the same way that you did. But after what we witnessed this past week where it's just like it's never been more apparent in the past however many years of college lacrosse like we haven't had again i don't know if it's parity because there are so many teams that are good or if it's parity because there's just not that one team who is just going to be running through everybody else but either way there's there hasn't been a year like this in a while where you literally have no idea what's going to happen week after week we thought that we did we we could have sworn that we knew um, but it's, it's just weeks come around and all of a sudden Cornell loses to Harvard. Uh, you know, weeks come around all of a sudden Maryland loses to Michigan weeks come around and you have no idea what's going to happen with Notre Dame, Virginia or Duke, because they're all going to beat each other. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great time to be a fan of lacrosse. 
it's an absolute dog shit time to be a podcaster of lacrosse because yep. it is, it's impossible to get anything right here. So um, just real quick, if, if you're listening at home, just make sure that you guys are thinking about Dukes and myself because it is hard out here in these podcasting streets. Um, the heads are spinning. SVP's head is spinning. And Buster you know, Olney's head is spinning. Buster Olney's head is spinning. And it's it's just a really difficult time for us to get anything right. Um, not that we got much right to begin with, but again, just, just think about us. And, and anything left on, on the parity of of college across at the moment. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that takes care of a lot of the scores from this past week. Um, trying to think if there's anything else from the past week, the glove debate, the, some, some of these crazy final scores, uh, I'll tell you what, Georgetown and army looking really solid lately. I mean, army just squeaking by Colgate. So that wasn't really great. And not that Providence is much for Georgetown, but those two teams just kind of, just kind of chugging away quietly, Chugging away. Providence Uh, is solid. Yo, Providence, give Providence a couple years and they will be there. I believe in Bobby Benson. Dude, Bobby, the facilities, everything. I'm telling you. You want to put your balls on the line? I'll put my balls on the line for Providence. No, I'll I'll actually, dude, if what they, what what I'm going to do for Providence is I'm going to, I'm going to hit up Mr. Benson, who probably would fucking hate me. And I'm going to be like, hey, you like, you want me? To, you want me to give your, your your school some shine? Let me show off the facilities for you. If any school wants me to and, show and off the their merch. facilities, yeah, give me merch. Let me go see your facility. I'll rate your facility for you. I will help you guys recruit. Like if I get merch and I get content out of like seeing your sick facilities, I will hype you guys up. I will gas you up. Any coaches out there that want me to go see their facilities, I'm free all summer. I got a car. I got gas. I got a camera. I got an ugly face, beautiful voice. Let's do this shit, baby. All right. So to all those coaches out there, get in Dukes' DMs. Uh, yeah. So before we get into uh, this weekend's preview, this this week's slate of games, I do have uh, one quick segment that I'm throwing in here as a loop. Uh, I, I don't know if we – I mean, we briefly discussed this right before we started uh, recording, but I don't know if – if Dukes, if, if you've had a chance to think of anyone of your own, so it might just be a solo segment, but I do want to give out a certified lax guy of the week award. Uh, and I'm going to be giving this out to Chad Kelly, swag Kelly, who made an appearance on the part of my take podcast. Uh, and, and swag Kelly was out here saying that lacrosse is the greatest sport ever. Uh, this man loves the game of lax wants to get a tryout with the water dogs. Listen, is is a man from Buffalo, right? He's he's got that just that upstate Western New York grit to him. Uh, he's you know I think a guy like that immediately I'm going to be thinking of a guy like you know like Connor Field, someone who's just going to be impossible to stop because they're relentlessly trying to get to the middle. Uh, Chad Kelly, he's a Grey Cup champion, by the way. So probably. I have a video. Let's 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 pull it up real quick. I have the video. Um, and how I heard he's a great lacrosse player. Well, so greatest sport ever. Really, like, dude, it's so fun. Lacrosse is the greatest greatest sport ever. 
Really? Like, dude, it's so fun. Well, we own the championship team, Water Dogs. No big deal. Well, can I get a tryout? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. 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 Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yes. We have. We would, can definitely I'll make play, that happen. I'll play defense, midi, long pull. It don't matter. Okay. I, attack. I dabble in attack, but more midi. I like to run. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we need some midis. We do. We've been looking we at the roster every night. So, Grey Cup champion, Chad Kelly. We've already had Super Bowl champion, Chris Hogan, as a certified lax guy, and now Grey Cup champion, Chad Kelly. So, uh, for anyone out there that doesn't think that that lacrosse players are are athletes, guess what? We, we've got champions in, in both the NFL and the CFL. So, suck on that. Yeah, and I, I, I think it would be uh... – I would like to see, hopefully in training camp, like a Billy football versus Chad Kelly. Who's the better quarterback? Who's the better lacrosse player? A little dual competition. Like a, like a, like a decathlon almost. Yeah. Just... Maybe gas sure. and beers. Mm, this is sounding like something that would be very good. This, I think this, this one like has something. legs. We, this we, sounds like we, a Billy might... Saturday. This is even another dude yeah. just like drinking beers. <laughs> tossing the pig skin around. Yeah. And be like, no, I can kick your fucking ass. You can kick my head. Yeah. Dude, yeah, you, you, get, give me a couple weeks to train and, and I could probably sh- shoot par at the Masters. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, I think that's an idea that we need to write down because it does sound like something that we could make happen, um, or at the very least, Billy and, and the part of my take guys can make happen. Something it's good, yeah. good idea out of Dukes' brain. Uh, all right, so let's, let's make this quick uh, and, and let's just get into this weekend's slate of games. A few good ones. Uh, not, not exactly the most loaded weekend ever. Uh, only Friday night game. Well, Hey, shout out to the Mac daddies of Merrimack. Going to get the season back on track with a win over UMass law on Friday night at 7 PM. Uh, the Saturday slate of games now Duke, Virginia, big one here. Obviously we've, we've got the rematch here. Uh, this was going to be in Durham. Uh, so obviously last time that we saw Duke and Virginia play Duke, took down number one, Virginia massive night out of uh, Brendan O'Neill big night for, you know, guys like Dyson Williams, obviously, uh, you know, another big night for, uh, for Peyton Cormier who had six goals after getting the short stick matchup. Uh, So it'll it'll be interesting to see if Duke keeps with that strategy. Did it work against keeping Peyton Cormier off the board? Not necessarily. Did it work off of just kind of throwing Virginia's offense for a loop? Absolutely. Uh, so we've got Duke and Virginia. They are going to be playing at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, that is going to be a game. I'm going to assume that that's got to be on the uh, ESPNU. Just kind of searching here. Where Where's the uh, – why, why am I missing this at the moment? 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not seeing it on the uh, – Either way, I'm going to assume that's going to be ESPNU or uh, ACC Network. So, uh, Dukes, do, do you think that Duke runs it back? They've they've had Virginia's number in this in this rivalry, um, or do you think that Virginia gets a little bit of a revenge in the regular I do, season matchups? I think, I think I think Duke I think Duke gets gets the win here. Um, again, I think it just comes down to bounce back spot for Duke. I think that it's, that's going to be a common theme and where my thinking <clears> process is, is the bounce back spots for these guys. Um, so I think Duke's going to have a hard week of practice. 
Um, I think Virginia is obviously going to be motivated wanting to get that win over Duke, but I don't know, that, Duke, that Duke defense is very impressive to me. And again, I said, I think I said uh, one of the first episodes is with Duke, their midfields. I think that their midfield at the beginning of the season when they lost to Jacksonville, I didn't really trust. And I didn't really know where they were. Garrett Ledman is one of my favorite players to watch right now. Um, and then you're looking at a guy like Caputo, who I think is having one of the best years that he's ever had. So the Duke midfield's really coming on. Um, and we know what their attack and defense can do. So I, I think Duke is a uh, is a pretty 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 damn good team right now. Uh, so uh, first off, it is going to be on ACC Network. Uh, and secondly, I agree with everything that you're saying. But I'm going to go ahead and call this a scheduled loss for Duke. Um, listen, now, now you don't want to lose two games in a row. You never want to lose two weeks in a row. But is there anything more difficult than beating the same team three times in one season? It's, it's, it's pretty hard to do, especially uh, against a conference opponent like Virginia. And so Duke already has the one win against Virginia. You have to imagine you're probably going to see them somewhere down the line in the NCAA tournament. I'd rather lose this second regular season matchup of, of the year and then come back with a little chip on your shoulder and beat Virginia in the tournament. So um, listen, I, I doubt that that's going to be the, the game plan for uh, for Coach Dano going into this one. Probably he's not going to explicitly tell that to the boys, but I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Virginia going to have a little chip on their shoulder. I'd rather have it at the end of the season when you see them in the tournament. So I'm just going to go ahead and say Virginia on this one, uh, and then we get the rubber match probably Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I think that uh, I think both teams will be in Memorial Day weekend for sure. Uh, let's talk real quick. Uh, let's, let's go over to the nerds real quick. We've got Brown and Yale. Uh, so Yale just barely kind of keeping their season alive here. They, they had a, a really rough stretch where they lost to Cornell, Princeton, Penn, but then they come back, they have two wins over BU and Dartmouth. Um, Brown obviously kind of clicking right now, getting all their guys back. Uh, so this game, I'm going to assume we can probably watch it on ESPN plus, uh, we've got Brown and Yale Dude. one o'clock game. Yeah. On ESPN plus, if you had to, to think, you know, still would probably favor Yale in this one, just based on, based on the rosters on paper. Uh, but I like the way that Brown is playing at the moment. And I do think that losing those guys for a suspension for a noise violation, uh, that's that's something that can rally a team into uh, just being absolute killers the rest of the year. Uh, so I like Brown in this one, and, and I, I also think like it, Brown. It's time it's time that we can finally really close the book on Yale for the twenty twenty three season. I also like Brown. Um, I like my Garden City guys over there. So go go Brown. All right, uh, staying staying with the nerds, we've got uh, we've got Philly Penn. Making the trip up to Harvard. Harvard's going to be feeling real good about themselves after that big win over Cornell. Uh, Penn just got "quote unquote" upset by Brown. Uh, Dude, this is this is your heart. You're you're an alum, uh, so your boys, the the Harvard Crimson, against uh, a couple of my Philly guys at Penn. So, if you had to put a number on this, 
probably somewhere, you know, Penn should probably win on paper. One to two goals going to be a tight game. Uh, another one that you can watch on ESPN plus at one o'clock. So if, if you're someone who has figured out a way to watch multiple games on ESPN plus at the same time uh, with a quad, bot, I think you need like the Apple TV to do that. Um, but some good Ivy league matchups in the middle of the day on Saturday, uh, Harvard at home Dukes, where, where do you lie on this one? Going to go with the better school, better academia. My alma mater, Harvard. Um, I think they're playing some good ball right now. Uh, I think if they could keep, if Barnard can play the way that he played against uh, Cornell, they're a dangerous team to look out for. Sam King's one of my favorite players to watch in the country. So let's go. Let's go, Crimson. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say that this is officially a legacy game for Sam Hanley. Uh, and that is because earlier this week, it was announced that the uh, 2023 PLL collegiate draft uh, is going to be held on May 9th at 7 p.m. on ESPNU. So this is going to be the first game uh, for Sam Hanley since it was announced exactly when the college draft is going to be. So there's going to be plenty of talk, plenty of chatter on the broadcast uh, about Sam Hanley, potentially being that number one pick in the 2023 draft. uh, If he chooses to leave college. So big game for Sam Hanley on deck here. Uh, I haven't always been the biggest Sam Hanley guy on the planet, but I do think that he comes out here uh, and puts up a monster game. And then we can all talk about Sam Hanley as the number one pick in the draft. So I think Sam Hanley, big game out of him. I'm seeing four goals to assist, uh, and that should be enough to give Penn the win. Uh, Ohio State Hopkins, is you, you think you think one? What's what's Ohio State's glove situation looking like for this game? Will they even get off the bus? Will, do you, yeah, I mean, do you think that they, will they, will they, will they, they'll, like, they'll probably schedule their bus for like the wrong time? This game will probably, what time is this game supposed to start? I think Nick Myers just flipped this the This game's bus. supposed to start, start at 2, so Ohio State will show up at 2.30. Who, uh, who, who did that? Wasn't there, there was a game last year where, uh, might have, was it even a tournament game where like they, they just didn't bring their jerseys. They didn't bring the right jerseys, maybe. Yeah, that was like uh, Drexel basketball. It was Drexel basketball, but I also feel like it happened in lacrosse. I like I'm, I don't know why. I remember Drexel basketball had to wear like this, someone else's pennies. I'm, I'm thinking about like for some reason I'm thinking like Rutgers is in my head. Like maybe maybe when they played at like Hofstra or something like that. Um, but yeah, either way, Ohio State might not might not make a. <laughs> Equipment guys might fuck that one up as they travel to Baltimore uh, for a Big Ten matchup. Is that I, I like the joke earlier in the year uh, about if Hopkins is, is back or not, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and yeah, I mean they're they're definitely back. They had a, uh, a very tight loss to a very good Penn State team so far this year, uh, so they're coming off of that loss. Obviously, Ohio State's going to be a, a little pissed off about the Maryland one, but like you said, I mean, have they lost focus on the season? Are they too focused on the gloves? Um, I like Hopkins to win this one. Like Hopkins' defense kind of cancels out Ohio State's defense. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going hop. Going to hear a lot of the band on Saturday. Yeah, I'm going with the band too. Um, I think that defense is 
phenomenal. I think they get in a bounce back spot, and I just don't really trust Ohio State. I'm not going to say they're going to win a game the rest of the year. All right. Uh, just a couple more games to get through here. Uh, let's talk. Uh, all right. Let's stay in the Big Ten. We've got Penn State, Michigan, Maryland, Rutgers. So both of these. So one of these games, uh, Penn State, Michigan is going to be at 6 p.m. on ESPNU. Penn, uh, Maryland, Rutgers is at seven on the Big Ten Network. Dukes, give me both your picks for that one. I'm going to go Michigan and I'm going to go Maryland. And I actually might be going to Rutgers, Maryland. Love that. Uh, Michigan getting getting two big time wins in the same season in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be like probably first time ever, right? It would have to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, if you remember last year, they started off seven and zero, and then once yeah. they got into their Big Ten schedule, I think they lost every single game. Um, yeah, I, I think. Listen, I'm, Michigan at home definitely definitely going to help them there. Uh, Penn State, yeah, it's. I don't know. I I got to go. I'm going to go Penn State and Maryland. Um, just because I've, I've given up on this Rutgers team. Uh, and I think, listen, I, I do think Penn State, Michigan, though, wouldn't, wouldn't mind that going into an overtime game. Uh, definitely see that being tight. Not completely sold on Penn State. Uh, big fan of Josh Shawada, but I just don't think that Michigan gets two big games uh, in the same season. Uh, so I'm going Penn State, Maryland, that one. Hopkins in the other Big Ten game. Yeah. Good week for the Big Ten. Uh, last game I think we should talk about here. We've got uh, we've got Cuse and North Carolina. Uh, a, another classic game between these two being played at a high school. Uh, so this is going to be played in, in only Maryland on ESPNU. Uh, 4 p.m. Syracuse coming off of a huge Joey Spalina game. Uh, what do you have? Four goals, five assists yep. against Princeton. Just an absolute stat game uh, for JS. 22 and North Carolina. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I think, I don't know. I, I would love to see just a strong end of the season. Give me a really good end of the season for Syracuse to let me really overhype them going into next year. So I would love to see the men this season strong. Hasn't been, it's been an up and down year for Syracuse. Uh, I mean, they're, they're still in the top 20. They're seven and five. Uh, but, you know, they had that stretch there where, you know, they lost four games in a row to really good opponents. They've already lost to North Carolina this year. Uh, give me, yeah, give me a win over North Carolina. Then they'll end with Virginia and Duke. Just give me two tight games against them. And then, and then I'm all on board. Syracuse to championship weekend in 2024. Yeah, I, I'm going to take North Carolina in this. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really know, have a, have a reasoning for why it's going to be a bad matchup for Syracuse over North Carolina. It just comes down to this. I like North Carolina better. Uh, I root for Syracuse's downfall. I root for Joey Spelina, though. I'm a Joey Spelina guy. Well, you think about it, Joey Spelina, one of the best high school lacrosse players of all time, this game being played at a high school. Uh, so, I mean, this just could be a good, just an, another another stat night for him. Speaking uh, of high school, yeah. speaking of high school, I got to get ahead of something. Uh, Garden City lost to uh, Powerhouse, National Powerhouse uh, from Texas, Highland Park. Uh, I saw some people saying that I wouldn't give credit. I will give credit. Credit to Highland Park. Uh, also, credit to Garden City for work, growing the game. Going down to Texas, one of the best public high schools in America, going down to Texas to help grow the game, get this sport nationwide, and doing a little make-a-wish thing. 
giving them the win. I'm, I'm, I think I heard at halftime, they're like, hey, we got to give these boys the win. So the game gets bigger and broader. This, it's a bigger purpose in life besides getting the win-loss column. Also, wins only matter in June. Read about it. I don't know. It's just a little hard to to still consider Long Island a hotbed if you guys are losing to teams in Texas. Um, Ask St. Paul's. Uh, I'm, 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 I think St. Paul's from Maryland is still looking for a winner. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, fair <laughs> enough. Um, oh, and, and just real quick, uh, just to kind of uh, clean things up a little bit, uh, the Michigan-Penn State game and Rutgers-Maryland, they are both on uh, Sundays. Mm-hmm. So that uh, those are not uh, Saturday games. So that is your weekend slate of games. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think uh, I think that we settled the glove debate once and for all. So I don't think that we have to talk about that anymore until we get another Maryland Ohio State game. So credit to us on ending that debate once and for all. Uh, yeah, make sure that you guys are following us on social. We are at the Crease Dive on Twitter and Instagram. We are Stool Crease Dive on TikTok. Make sure that you guys are subscribing on YouTube. Leave a couple comments. Let us know uh, if there's anybody out there that you want us to interview. Who, who, who do you want to hear from over these next couple weeks? Uh, we're, we're all ears on those suggestions. Maybe let us know in the comments on the YouTube video. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die. We out. It's a miracle I dare breathe Overpowered by the gentlest summer breeze